0: real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is June 4th, 2020. And, you know, we're in this insane spot, aren't we, you guys? I mean, logic is completely out the window. Completely out the window. It is the most insane time that we've been around, right? We have not seen such an insane scenario that is spreading across the world protesting for a man who was killed by police officers in America, which this happens every day, every single day, every day. But, you know, for some reason, uh, you know, this one seems to hit home because we have police officers posing in the same position across the world where countries outside of the United States are protesting like sheep. It's like sheep. Like nobody can see the evidence before them that this is all a setup. I mean, we are living in a time where it's not just illusions. These are delusions. People are delusional to think that what is happening in front of them is real. So I thought I would start today's shows off with one of my favorites. Once again, something Julian Assange has said again and again. An Illusion. The music in the 80s were telling us something and we were just too stupid to understand. Let me tell you something no one's talking about. So uh, we know that these are all staged riots. And, you know, I don't usually post in my Instagram and that's not what we're going to talk about. But I just see just how insane they are. They say no lives matter unless black ones do. So, I mean, if they really cared, then they'd be pissed off that there's Planned Parenthoods targeting black Americans. Yes? Yes? But, you know, they've never been to Africa. Their mother was never a slave. Their grandmother was never a slave. Yet what? Oh, you have to work hard? So do I. A lot of us have to work hard. It doesn't matter what skin color you are. Now, these riots are pandering to those like that woman that creeped up on my Instagram to to what? Edumacate me? Please. Uh, You know we see that they pander to those types of people. And it's not just, uh, Soros paid, you know, operatives that are former, 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 former police officers, former, former, former military. But we have police officers that are still working as police officers. And on their day off, they go in in sight because they get paid to now. We saw that happening. We have good cops, bad cops, right? Just like we have good waiters, bad waiters, good cooks, bad cooks, right? In every profession, we have snakes. But when you are entrusted with law enforcement, uh, meaning that my tax dollars pay your wages to protect me when I need you, uh, you should be sitting on the side of the Constitution and my rights that I am your employer because I am your employer. The state or the city is employed by me. They get paid from me, right? They don't get any money from some other big box, whatever. They get it from you and me, right? So they're supposed to serve us. So in Fargo, which was unprecedented that all these riots happened and all this stuff was broken, which, by the way, the governor of North Dakota, who claims that we should all be wearing masks, right, who's pushing the contact tracing apps and sold that stuff to Apple and Android, well, donated it so that way they could track you even if you don't want to, was found posing with people the day after the protest, which, by the way, um. I, I said protested and I, oops, I meant riots. Uh, he was posing with people at the cleanup for Fargo, which by the way, he owns about 50% of the city. And when I say owns, I mean like literally owns, it's in his name or wait, all these shell companies that he creates. He physically owns half of Fargo. So he's sitting there posing with no mask on whatsoever, right? There's coronavirus out the window. But on top of that, we realize that, you know, among those rioters inciting was a deputy police officer. Ma- I can tell you that I actually have emails going back and forth with this guy from uh, back in the day when Osama Osman o- 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 Mula, whatever his name was, raped two 14-year-old girls, right? And he was attending high school when he was over the age of 18 And way older, probably because he was a refugee, but you know, 14 and 13 year old girls raped, raped. And I was like, so what are you doing about this? Oh, so we're just going to sit on it. Oh, you're waiting for DNA. Oh, our labs take long. What do you mean your labs take long? Six months to do an, an give it to me. I'll run into quest and get that stuff done in like a day. Are you kidding? So Uh, his name is Todd Obmansman and, um, he's been, um, uh, on leave and he is on unpaid leave because he was reportedly seen in the crowd of protesters undercover. Wait a minute. Was he undercover or was he not undercover? You know, holding his beer and screaming out, you know, and yelling obscenities about the police. According to a release, he was acting on his own and did not have permission to do so. So was he undercover or was he acting on his own undercover for who? So this is where you can suss out the rubbish. So we had deputy chief of police. Are you understanding? Deputy chief of police inciting riots. Screaming out obscenities. And you know what? All the Fargo police department looked like tools. They were posing with these people like, oh, I care about you. Oh, I love you. (laughs) Which, by the way, was ridiculous because none of those people out there like them. I mean, a black man was killed over TVs, but because, and according to the troll on my Instagram, because he was a police officer, he's a pig, so he deserves to die. This is what they see. This is, these are the types of people they target people that are completely uneducated demand that people hand them stuff on a silver platter rather than work. Oh, I'm a black woman and I have to work harder because of my hair, because of my skin. No, you don't. You think you do. No, you don't. You do not. That is rubbish. That is a lie. That is a lie. And if any of them are are claiming unemployment and coronavirus help you know during this time and they're out rioting they should get that money back if you were arrested for pro (laughs) i don't want to say protesting because it's rioting for rioting they should they should mandate you pay all that money back because you were too busy not minding your business not trying to be productive but destroying a city so here we go, where we've got the deputy chief of police fired for inciting things. Deputy chief of police. He was there holding a beer and screaming out obscenities about his own police department. Inciting rights. So you want to know how much money he's got? Let's find out his house. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're not going to do that just yet. Let it go. Let it go. Right. This is where we're at. Everything is an illusion. They tell you, they tell you that this is all about race. They tell you about how they're suppressed. Black Lives Matter is part of Antifa. You can, it's one movement, anti-American movement, anti-freedom movement. It is a globalist movement and they are picking on the dumbest people ever so they can spark and spark because they've got parents that are bitter because whatever. Whatever happened to them? Yeah, they don't like you because you But Let me tell you something. There is racism everywhere. Everywhere. Against whites, polka dot, red, yellow, black, you name it. Because there are ignorant people that are just racist. I've come across from them where they talk about other people that are not their color. Like they're some form of a lesser God that gave birth. You know, they came to this earth from a lesser God, because that's their color. There are people like that, but that's 0.0000%. This is all an illusion, this race war. It's an illusion because you know what they're doing? They are setting fires to us so we can fight, create a bloodbath so we could do the work for them. They want to annihilate us. They're going to let us do it for them. And you know what? That's what they want. Let's go into white suburbia and set that up. No, they're going to set it up. They're going to start pumping out them bullets. Because you can't go to a farmer's land or anybody's house and expect to come out alive if they are armed and ready. I was talking to a... um, a an officer in my area and she was telling me let me tell you something she is a an independent black woman right she was telling me man these riots is crazy you know i da 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 whatever she said i got my pieces of my house somebody rolls up there i'm lighting them up that's exactly how real americans think it is about america first it is about us not race. Yeah. There's issues with race, with class, you know, With all these, well, I went to this school, so I'm better than you, or I did this, or my name is this, or look, my shoe is this. We have that all the time, all the time throughout the beginning of time. People criticize based on what is there and what they have and how much better they are at some than someone else. That's normal. That is normal behavior. It is normal behavior, not nice, but totally normal. I mean, you drive up in your sedan next to a Lamborghini you'll be looking at it saying i want it and while you're driving in that lamborghini you'll roll up next to a private jet and say i need that too to feel better that is what people do this is normal but that's not our problem the problem is is that we have these globalists these celebrities these clowns like obama Barack Hussein Obama that are, that are sitting in their castles and telling you to light fires in your neighborhood, to shoot up your neighborhood, to kill people in your neighborhood and eradicate the police. Those are the types of people that are inciting. And while you're doing that, they're drinking, smoking and laughing at you while you do it. That's the way it is. That's what they're doing because it's all an illusion. They're telling you we have a problem. Now, Let me not get started to kneeling to a mob who is the CEO of the Washington, D.C. National Guard. Somebody call him and tell him I have his balls in my purse. What the heck? Like, let me tell you something. Soldiers, sailors, Marines, and wings, and even Puddle Pirates of the Coast Guard never, ever, 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 ever kneel to, to terrorists. I don't care if I'm captured I am not going to kneel. Nobody kneel. What? You're going to kneel to a domestic terrorist that just lit up your city. You're going to kneel to them. Who is the CEO? They need to get fired. Let's listen to what Tucker had to say about kneeling will never be enough for the mob.
1: Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. For many of us, this has been one of the saddest, most painful weeks in memory. Depressing doesn't even begin to describe it. We have watched as mobs of violent cretins have burned our cities, defaced our monuments, beaten old women in the street, shot police officers, and stolen everything in sight, stealing everything. How many innocent Americans have these people hurt? How many have they murdered? We don't know that number, but it's the country itself that so many of us worry about at this point. After we've watched what's happened over the last week, how do we put the society back together? Can we? We don't know that either. If you're grieving for America tonight, you are not alone. Millions feel the same way you do. So many of our leaders, by contrast, are not grieving. They seem exhilarated. They feel nothing as our nation descends into anarchy. They see chaos instead as an opportunity, a chance to solidify their control, to increase their market share, to win elections. They have no interest in talking about the details of what is actually happening out there on our streets. In fact, they're hiding those details. They're demanding that you forget what you saw. Don't forget it. Remember all of it, every bit, because it's proof of who they are. This is who they are. That's what they're defending that's what they're encouraging it has nothing to do with civil rights it's violence and the criminals you just saw on the screen are not protesters the people cheering them on from their tv studios have no patience for real protests or real protesters just in april democrats in new jersey arrested a woman for trying to plan a rally a protest at the state capitol the new york times said nothing when they did that because they approve That's how they really feel about any political expression they can't control. They crush it. What they support is more power for themselves, and they're willing to use gangs of thugs to get it. Here's one of their protesters. (laughs) NBC News wouldn't show you that video ever. Neither would CNN under any circumstances. No justice, no peace, they chant as the man tortures a dog. These are the worst people in America, and our leaders have let them do whatever they want. So, of course, they want more. Their latest demand is that we eliminate the police entirely. No more law enforcement in this country. That would mean more power for the mob. They could do anything. It would mean never-ending terror for you and for your family. That's why they want it. Watch.
2: And we're calling our elected and our city council members and all our elected officials to defund the, defund, the defund, the defund the police. Defund the police. Defund the police. Defund the police.
1: Defund the police. No sane person would dare to have said something like that in public just a week and a half ago. Now a member of Congress has endorsed the idea, Rashida Tlaib. So what would happen to our country if we eliminated law enforcement? Eric Garcetti is the mayor of Los Angeles, the second biggest city in America. His city would devolve into a murderous hellscape within hours if the police left. But Garcetti, who is in charge of the city, won't push back against this idea. Instead, he kneeled in subservience before the people demanding it. L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti joined protesters moments ago. What did he have to say?
3: Yes, he came out this morning, Jake, and... He took the time to come out, and come out among the protesters. He knelt while he was out there, saying and showing his solidarity for the movement, for the protesters here today. And I can tell you that today, this daytime protest has been very peaceful, very calm, lots of chanting, singing.
1: He kneeled. Our leaders are kneeling before the mob, the atavistic ritual of self-abasement, of defeat, suddenly many are performing this ritual, including police around the country. The mob wants victory, but more than that, it wants the total humiliation of its enemies.
4: I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you. But since I work for that company, my CEO has told me to come out today and to bring you on your knees because you have white privilege. So if they see that a white person is getting on their knees, that shows solidarity for the situation. The situation, and could you just please apologize for you know for your white privilege? Just apologize. I am.
0: I'm trying to think of the right words to say because that's a that's a big
5: thing to say. It's it's big. Comes from. It's so
6: it's large in this.
0: Let me just say something. This clip that uh, Tucker Carlson is playing was flagged on my Tory says page on Facebook as fake news. There is a cover on it because some guy in another country said that it was misrepresenting misrepresenting. What can you hear her? She's physically on her knees. Can you hear her that she needs to apologize for the color of her skin? Yet they flagged it as fake news. I kid you not. It is on my Tory says page on Facebook. You will see it's fake news and that they fact check it. They fact check. This. this country. I'm incredibly, incredibly sorry.
1: Why do we kneel? We kneel because we've lost. We kneel before our victors because they have won. We put down our resistance. We beg for their mercy, but mobs rarely forgive. We're on your side, we shout. We're in solidarity. Spare us, but they never do. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a, the, the white liberals giving a thumbs up to the mob. He's showing that video. You guys all saw it, right? Where these guys, these frat boys, all white liberals, yeah, thumbs up. We're on your side. And they were throwing things in their window. Listen to it. Why are you All they need to do is vote Democrat to get more of that. That's what they're asking for. That's what they want. They want mob rule. I mean, they've done a great job Mm educating children. Your teachers are the ones that are recruiting your child right now, watching these sunrise lecture videos. Teachers in public education. Man, I'm getting the names and I'm getting those lists together. In certain states, you'll be very, very surprised. (laughs) I'll see you right after this break.
7: The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land from this day forward it's going to be only america first every decision will be made to benefit american workers and american families america will start winning again winning like never before i will fight for you with every breath in my body and i will never ever let you down do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done no challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of america we will not fail our country will thrive and prosper again your voice your hopes and your dreams will define our american destiny when america is united america is totally unstoppable
1: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart.
8: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me, For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: So this illusion of a race war, this illusion of a race war is targeting idiots, people that have no mind of their own, that have lost the ability to critically think, lost the ability to see past the rubbish, past the rubbish, super rubbish. And yet here we are. It's 2020. Take a listen to what else Tucker has to tell us. I absolutely adore him.
1: We're on your side as the rock comes through the window. You think the mob cares? No. What's happening to this country? Why are Americans surrendering to violent mobs? Well, because they've been told they have to. Everything we're now watching, the looting, the arson, the killing, has a purpose. The purpose, we're told again and again, is to end racist police violence against African Americans. We are told that that is the single greatest scourge in this country.
2: For the past 400 years stemming from slavery, there has been a genocide of black people in this country. I'm sick and tired of seeing black men and women be killed and
3: nothing be done about it. We had a black man in the office, bro. They were still killing us, bro.
2: Stop killing us! Stop killing us! Stop killing us!
1: Stop killing us. It's chilling. And if you believe it and you're a decent person, you will be moved by it because it's awful no american should ever be mistreated by those in authority much less killed the abuse of power is always and everywhere a sin and it's increasingly common here we should always work to end it in this case the death of a man at the hands of police in minneapolis turned out to be a metaphor for abuse of power that death has led to demands that we fire the nearly 700,000 police officers who work in the United States and that we free the million and a half criminals who are now behind bars. In America, Joe Biden told us recently, quote, just the color of your skin puts your life at risk. Senator Cory Booker of New Jersey strongly agreed with that, quote, we have so many people in our country, Booker said yesterday, African-American men, mostly unarmed, being murdered by police officers and no way of holding them accountable. So many people murdered by police officers, unarmed, says Cory Booker. You're hearing a lot of people in authority tell you that. Every day, every hour. One group of pro athletes just announced that, quote, it seems like every week a new tragedy unfolds before our very eyes where people are being killed by police violence. Each time we tweet, we pray, we mourn, only to repeat the cycle a few days later, end quote. In the words of Ben Crump, who's the lawyer representing George Floyd's family in Minneapolis, what we're witnessing here in America is, quote, genocide genocide if you believed we were seeing genocide then you might understand the riots now in progress there's nothing worse than genocide but is it happening is any of this true we should find out facts matter what exactly are the numbers we found the numbers and we're gonna go through them with you in some detail tonight because it's worth it since 2015 The Washington Post has maintained a comprehensive database of fatal police shootings in this country Last year, the post logged a total of 1,004 killings. Of the 802 shootings in which the race of the police officer and the suspect was noted, 371 of those killed were white, 236 were black. The vast majority of those killed were not, in fact, unarmed. The vast majority were armed. And African-American suspects were significantly more likely to have a deadly weapon than white suspects. Yet more white suspects were killed. Overall, there were a total of precisely 10 cases in the United States last year, according to the Washington Post, in which unarmed African-Americans were fatally shot by the police. There were nine men and one woman. Now, as we said, a lot is at stake. The country is at stake. So we want to take the time now to go through these case by case into the specifics. The first was a man called Chinara Feep. He was killed by a Knoxville police officer called Dylan Williams. According to Williams, Feep attacked him, choked him, and then used a taser on him, the suspect on the police officer, before the officer shot him. Five eyewitnesses corroborated the officer's claim, and the officer was not charged. The second case concerns a man called Marcus McVeigh. He was, by any description, a career criminal from St. Angelo, Texas. He'd been convicted of aggravated assault, assault on a public servant, and organized criminal activity. At the time he was killed, he was wanted on drug dealing charges. A Texas state trooper pulled him over. McVeigh fled in his car. Then he fled on foot into the woods. There he fought with a trooper and was shot and killed. The officer was not charged in that case. Marzua Scott assaulted a shop employee. When a female police officer arrived and ordered the suspect toward her car, he instead charged her and knocked her to the ground. At that point, she shot and killed him. The entire incident was caught on body camera. The officer was not charged. Ryan Twyman was being approached by two L.A. County deputies when he backed into one of them with his vehicle. The deputy was caught in the car door. He and his partner opened fire. The deputies were not charged in that case. Melvin Watkins of East Baton Rouge, Louisiana, was shot by a deputy after he allegedly drove his car toward the deputy at high speed. The deputy was not charged. Isaiah Lewis, meanwhile, wasn't just unarmed. He was completely naked. Williams broke into a house and then attacked a police officer. The police tased Williams, but he kept coming at them and attacking. The officers shot him. They were not charged. Atiana Johnson, Jefferson, was shot by a Fort Worth deputy called Aaron Dean. A neighbor had called a non-emergency number after seeing Johnson's door open, thinking something might be wrong. Police arrived. Johnson saw them approach from a window and was holding a gun at the time. According to body camera footage, the officer shot Johnson within seconds. Jefferson, that officer, has been charged with homicide. Christopher Whitfield was shot and killed in a place called Ethel, Louisiana. He had robbed a gas station. Deputy Glenn Sims said his gun discharged accidentally while grappling with Whitfield's. Sims, who is black himself, was not charged in that killing. Kevin Mason was shot by police during a multi-hour standoff. While Mason turned out not to have a gun, Mason claimed to have a gun, claimed to be armed, and vowed to kill police with it. They believed him. Mason had been in a shootout with police years before. And finally, the 10th case concerns Gregory Griffin. He was shot during a car chase. An officer called Giovanni Crespo claimed he saw someone pointing a gun at him. Later, a gun was in fact found inside the vehicle, and yet Officer Crespo was charged anyway with aggravated manslaughter. Those are the facts. That is the entire list from 2019, last year. Ten deaths. In five deaths, an officer was attacked just before the shooting occurred. That is not disputed. One allegedly was an accident that leaves a total of four deaths during a pursuit or in a standoff. So out of four, in two of those cases, in fully half, the officer was criminally charged. Is it possible that more of these officers should have been charged? Of course it's possible. Justice is not always served, that's for sure. But either way, this is a very small number in a country of 325 million people. This is not genocide. It's not even close to genocide. It is laughable to suggest it is. In fact, the number of police killings is dropping. In 2015, during Barack Obama's presidency, 38 unarmed black Americans and 32 whites were slain by police. Overall totals have fallen since then, and they have fallen far more dramatically for African-American men. Last year was the safest year for unarmed suspects since the Washington Post began tracking police shootings. It was the safest year for both white And black suspects. At the same time, this country remains a dangerous place for police officers. 48 of them were murdered in 2019, according to FBI data. That's more than the number of unarmed suspects killed of all races. One final number for you, because it matters. In 2018, 7,407 African Americans were murdered in the United States. If 2019 continues on a similar trajectory, and we hope it doesn't, but if it does, That would mean that for every unarmed African-American shot to death in the United States by police, more than 700 were murdered by someone else, usually by someone they know. Again, those are the facts. They are not in dispute. Are African-Americans being hunted as Joy Reid recklessly claimed on MSNBC recently or is something else happening? Is our nation being ripped apart by a total and complete lie, a provable lie, a lie used by cynical media manipulators and unscrupulous politicians who understand that racial strife, race hatred, is their path to power, even if it destroys the country? You have the facts now, and you can decide what's really going on.
0: Now, where do we go with this, right? Where do we go with this? How do we fix this? You know, we have them telling us that everybody wants to kill them, everyone's everybody wants to cause harm to them when it's not the case, it's a lie. And what they're doing is giving us the illusion of a race war. So now I'm going to hop over to the live briefing of uh, Attorney General Barr that started about five minutes ago. Here we go.
9: Something too serious challenges to the rule of law. The first is a long-standing one, but was recently crystallized and driven home by the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. The video of the police conduct in this episode, as I said before, is harrowing. When you watch it and imagine that one of your own loved ones was being treated this way, and begging for their lives, it is impossible for any normal human being not to be struck to the heart with horror. This matter is being pursued by both the state and the federal government. The state has filed, already, second-degree murder charges against one of the officers and aiding and abetting charges against the other three officers. As we typically do in cases such as this, the Department of Justice and the FBI is conducting a parallel and independent investigation into possible violations of federal civil rights laws. The president has directed me to spare no effort. We are coordinating uh, our work with the Attorney General of Minnesota, And, as a matter of comedy, the the Department of Justice typically lets the state go forward with its proceedings first. This afternoon, our United States attorney in Minnesota and the FBI special agent in charge of our Minneapolis field office, the FBI's field office, will attend a memorial service for Mr. Floyd. Today is a day of mourning. And the day is coming soon, I am confident, when justice will be served. George Floyd's death was not the first of its kind, and it exposes concerns that reach far beyond this particular case. While the vast majority of police officers do their job bravely and righteously, it is undeniable that many African-Americans lacked confidence in our American criminal justice system. This must change. Our Constitution mandates equal protection of the laws and nothing less is acceptable. As the nation's leading federal law enforcement agency, the Department of Justice will do its part. I believe that police chiefs and law enforcement officials and leaders around the country are committed to ensuring that racism plays no part in law enforcement and that everyone receives equal protection of the laws. In October 2019, the president established the first commission on law enforcement since the 1960s. And I am meeting with them later this month. And I have been talking to law enforcement leaders around the country. And in the weeks and months ahead, we will be working with community leaders to find constructive solutions so that Mr. Floyd's death will not have been in vain. We will work hard to bring good out of bad. Unfortunately, the aftermath of George Floyd's death has produced a second challenge to the rule of law. While many have peacefully expressed their anger and grief, Others have hijacked protests to engage in lawlessness, violent rioting, arson, looting of businesses and public property, assaults on law enforcement officers and innocent people, and even the murder of a federal agent. Such senseless acts of anarchy are not exercises of First Amendment rights, they are crimes designed to terrify fellow citizens and intimidate communities. As I told the governors on Monday, we understand the distinction between three different sets of actors here. The large preponderance of those who are protesting are peaceful demonstrators who are exercising their First Amendment rights. At some demonstrations, however, there are groups that exploit the opportunity to engage in such crimes as looting. And finally, at some demonstrations, there are extremist agitators who are hijacking the protests to pursue their own separate and violent agenda. We have evidence that Antifa and other similar extremist groups, as well as actors of a variety of different political uh, persuasions, have been involved in instigating and participating in the violent activity. And we are also seeing foreign actors playing all sides to exacerbate the violence. The Department of Justice is working to restore order in the District of Columbia and around the nation. Here in Washington, we are working with the local police, the citizen soldiers of the National Guard, and other federal agencies to provide safety and justice. We have deployed all the major law enforcement components of the department on this mission, including the FBI, the ATF, the DEA, the Bureau of Prisons, and the US Marshal Service. Their leaders are with me today, and we'll be talking shortly. I thank all of these leaders and their components for working bravely and professionally to protect the district. I'm pleased to say that, especially over the last two nights, the demonstrations, while large, have been peaceful. The Justice Department is also working closely with our state and local partners to address violent riots around the country. Our federal law enforcement efforts are focused on the violent instigations. Through the FBI, US Attorney's offices, component field offices, and state and local enforcement, we are receiving real-time intelligence, and we have deployed resources to quell outbreaks of violence in several places. I urge governors and mayors and other state and local leaders to work closely with the National Guard and with us. The federal government has thus far made 51 arrests for federal crimes in connection with violent rioting. We will continue to investigate, to make arrests, and to prosecute where warranted. When I was Attorney General in 1992, riots broke out in Los Angeles following the acquittal by the state of police officers accused of beating Rodney King. Ultimately, the Department of Justice at my direction filed federal civil rights charges against those officers. As President Bush assured the nation at that time, quote, the violence will end, justice will be served, hope will return. The same is true today. The rule of law will prevail. Thank you. Now I'd like to introduce my colleague, Chris Ray, the director of the FBI. And I have to say, this is the FBI that I've had the pleasure of working with over the last few days, the FBI that I know and love, that have really stood up here and performed magnificently, not only here in DC, but around the country and in all their field offices. And uh, their uh, enforcement functions, their intelligence functions are now in full gear. Uh, And I'm confident that with the FBI's leadership, we are going to deal effectively with the criminals who are involved in extremist violence. Chris?
10: Thank you, General, uh, for your leadership. Good morning. This is, needless to say, an incredibly challenging time for our country and for all the citizens we serve. I want to begin by expressing my deepest sympathies for George Floyd and his family. Like most of you, I was appalled and profoundly troubled by the video images of the incident that ended with Mr. Floyd's tragic death. Within hours of his death on May 25th, the FBI had opened a criminal investigation to determine whether the actions by the former Minneapolis Police Department officers involved violated federal law. We're moving quickly in that investigation, and we're going to follow the facts wherever they may lead in our pursuit of justice. Mr. Floyd's family, like a lot of families who have lost loved ones in recent weeks, are suffering right now and trying to find a way forward. In fact, our entire country is trying to find a way forward. That's because this is not just about George Floyd. This is about all of those over the years who have been unjustifiably killed or had their rights violated by people entrusted with their protection. When law enforcement fails to fulfill its most basic duty to protect and serve its citizens, particularly members of a minority community, it not only tarnishes the badge we all wear, but erodes the trust that so many of us in law enforcement have worked so hard to build. And when people feel that we haven't lived up to the trust that they place in us, it is understandable that they want to speak out and protest. And the FBI holds sacred the rights of individuals to peacefully exercise their First Amendment freedoms. Nonviolent protests are signs of a healthy democracy, not an ailing one. The FBI's mission is to protect the American people and uphold the Constitution. That mission is both dual and simultaneous. It is not contradictory. In engaging with our communities during these protests, we in law enforcement must balance the safety and security of our communities with our citizens' constitutional rights and civil liberties. One need not and must not come at the expense of the other. In recent days, the violence, threat to life, and destruction of property that we've seen in some parts of the country jeopardizes the rights and safety of all citizens, including peaceful demonstrators, and it has to stop. We're seeing people who are exploiting this situation to pursue violent extremist agendas, anarchists like Antifa and other agitators. These individuals have set out to sow discord and upheaval rather than join in the righteous pursuit of equality and justice, and by driving us apart They're undermining the urgent work and constructive engagement of all those who are trying to bring us together. Our community and religious leaders, our elected officials, law enforcement and citizens alike. Many have suffered from the violence instigated through these radicals and extremists, including members of our own law enforcement family. Officers killed or gravely injured while just doing their jobs, fulfilling their duty to the public by trying to keep everyone safe. To be clear, we are not in any way trying to discourage peaceful protesters. And to those citizens who are out there making your voices heard through peaceful, lawful protests, let me say this, we in law enforcement hear you. We have to make sure that our policing and our investigations are conducted with the professionalism and commitment to equal justice that you all deserve. But we are also committed to identifying, investigating, and stopping individuals who are inciting violence and engaging in criminal activity. So at the FBI, we're focusing our efforts on supporting our law enforcement partners with maintaining public safety in the communities we're all sworn to protect. We're making sure that we're tightly lashed up with our state, local, and federal law enforcement partners across the country by standing up 24-hour command posts in all of our 56 field offices. We've directed our 200 joint terrorism task forces around the country to assist law enforcement with apprehending and charging violent agitators who are hijacking peaceful protests. On a national level, we're soliciting tips, leads, and video evidence of criminal activities through our National Threat Operations Center, NTOC. And over the past few days, like the Attorney General, I've been speaking with law enforcement leaders in various parts of the country to ensure that we're providing the support they need and to let them know that in every community, the FBI stands ready to assist wherever we can. The relationships that we've built with our law enforcement and community partners are more important now than ever, because the reality is we can't do our jobs without the trust of the American people. Wow,
0: we'll continue this after this short break. news all right welcome back everyone to the Tory says show so before we continue listening to what christopher ray has to say i want to say how do you quell any growing protests that are coming against you i want you guys to know that all of these protests riots and threats of violence are all for one reason and one reason only to make sure that they don't go to jail. They are pulling the last trigger in the chamber other than taking out the commander-in-chief. And so this is where we're at. We have the fake news promoting them as protesters. We have people in high positions, elected positions, promoting all of this. This is chaos. Chaos And mob action, I mean, bottom line is Article 1, Section 9 of the U.S. Constitution says the privilege of the writ habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless when in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. Right? Now... A lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, President Trump is taking away all my rights. He's bringing in martial law. Well, this is how we're going to round up every single one of them. Every idiot that stole a phone, every idiot that stole AirPods, iPads, you name it, any idiot that did that, they'll find you. All of that stuff is coded. The cameras everywhere. Like I was walking down the street in my city and I was like, damn, they have a lot of 360 cameras. These people are stupid. They think they'll get away with it because they're wearing a mask or something. You're going to take that mask off 10 blocks down. You're going to hop into a car. They're going to check that license plate and then look at all the street view cameras there. They're going to round every single one of these people up and they should, they should false flags being planned. They are pushing You know, I I tweeted out how the deputy chief of police in Fargo was inciting riots and how weird it was. He was undercover, but then undercover working on his own who was he undercover for turns out the guy who sits who is actually a board member of antifa was in contact with them another thing is zach's also spoken with the governor of north dakota how about that hmm. uh, that's where we need to go they're diluting our voices by making noise through riots the police are turning against its own citizens because the citizens are turning against them. It's a never ending ouroboros, right? But this is how it goes. These protests are not going to last long. It's all about timing. And I foresee this weekend a bunch of them coming out. And they think that they're going to get away with it. They're not. All these leftists, mm-mm-mm. let me tell you something. Demons serve one person and that's Satan. And this is it. This is it. That's all you need to know. Every single time there's an election, every single time something is up, we get the race war. They've escalated that. Oh, like nobody's business. They have escalated it to a point of no return. These people are sick and they will stop at nothing. They have imprisoned you. They have forced you to wear masks. They have forced you to kneel before them and to apologize for stuff you never did, nor your ancestors did. Regardless, they want apologies. Regardless, they want blood. That's the type of people that they're going for. People like... ah. So the thing is, you know, once we look more into this, uh, Black Lives Matter, we can see a lot about this. We could see a lot about what is really going on and what's really going on is that I see we're under attack and who's attacking us. We're not, we're not attacking each other. They are weaponizing American citizens to attack other American citizens So we can have a bloodbath while they sit back, kick back with their margaritas, and watch us burn. And all those idiots that are being incited are the ones they're using as tools. Now, before we delve into more stuff, uh, maybe General Mattis, because you know I got a lot of heat for talking about him uh, back in 2018. Nobody liked it. I mean, like I said, it's all—it's all an illusion. They like you to think that we have race wars. They like you to think that they're in control, but they're not. Take a listen to what Ray had to say. Let's finish this up.
10: To protect the American people and uphold the Constitution. Protecting civil liberties and civil rights has been part of our mission since the days of the civil rights movement. Those investigations are at the heart of what we do for the simple reason that civil liberties and civil rights are at the very heart of who we are as Americans. Before the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the federal government largely left protection of civil rights to state and local governments, and it took the Mississippi Burning case and the Civil Rights Act for the federal government and the FBI to get off the sidelines and to begin to fully protect civil rights for all people of color. Since then, We've been working hard to identify and prevent hate crimes and to investigate abuses of power and authority our civil rights cases are among the most important work we do and that will never change now i will repeat today what i've long believed about the men and women of law enforcement it takes an incredibly special person to willingly put his or her life on the line for a complete stranger and to get up day after day after day, and do that, is extraordinary. And in these turbulent times, we won't forget the bravery of our law enforcement members who have risked life and safety to protect the public and keep the peace. But the difficulty of that job doesn't diminish the role we play in society, which is to protect and serve all citizens, no matter their race, creed, orientation, or station in life. And when we lose sight of those solemn obligations to the citizens we serve, the protectors can quickly become the oppressors, particularly for communities of color. As law enforcement, we're bound by an oath to serve all members of our community with equal compassion, professionalism, dignity, and respect. The American people should expect nothing less from us. Thank you.
11: Good morning. I am Donald Washington, Director of the United States Marshal Service. First of all, thank you, Attorney General Barr. Let me begin by specially noting that today marks the first of three days in which the family, the friends, and the loved ones will host memorials to honor the life of George Floyd in Minnesota, North Carolina, and in Texas. On behalf of the men and women of the United States Marshal Service and personally, I extend my deepest sympathy and my heartfelt condolences to the family of George Floyd. What started as peaceful protests in Minnesota after the death of Mr. Floyd has morphed into a national emergency, resulting in many injuries to many people, thousands of arrests, along with arson, theft, and vandalism to property in many cities. As of last night, U.S. Marshals report damage and vandalism to 21 federal courthouses located in 15 states and the District of Columbia. There has been damage and vandalism to many other federal properties. The U.S. Marshal Service is assisting other agencies in efforts to address violent disturbances that have occurred in the District of Columbia and in other cities around the United States. Peaceful protests are good for our country. This right should be respected by all persons, and this right absolutely deserves the full protection of officers of the law. Among our basic functions is the absolute duty to protect people who are exercising constitutional rights. However, rioters, arsonists, thieves, looters, and their protagonists are criminals. They have undermined peaceful and lawful demonstrations and protests. These criminals threaten our basic constitutional rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and they must be brought to justice. Since the earliest days, just after our nation's birth, US Marshals have worked to ensure the rule of law by making sure that the federal judiciary and the federal judicial process operate unfettered and unintimidated. We have also worked tirelessly over the years to bring thousands and thousands of fugitives to justice, and today one of our primary missions is to find and protect endangered children. In the last week, U.S. Marshals have coordinated with U.S. Attorneys and state, local, and federal partners to protect protesters and to address the criminal acts of others. Deputy U.S. Marshals are assisting with and conducting criminal investigations required by the criminal acts of persons who are instigating and causing violence against persons and property, where such acts violate federal laws. Working with our local law enforcement partners, we are also securing federal properties threatened by criminal acts and protecting persons from the violent acts of others. I believe strongly that this special mission is important to our democracy. We will protect those who are engaged in lawful protests but we will arrest those who commit felonies in our presence. We are working violent crime warrants and investigating gang activities that incite riots or terrorism. We are assisting and partnering with federal, state, and local authorities consistent with our broad federal jurisdiction. To our local governments and private sector leaders, we know that we are stronger, much stronger, when we work together we will achieve our collective goals of protecting lawful protesters and lawful protests while also enforcing the law. I do not pretend even for a moment to speak for the other leaders here, but I am certain that we are that we all want local leaders to have the confidence and the conviction to request and utilize all available resources to fight violence and to protect our communities. The U.S. Marshal Service is your partner, too? In summary, the U.S. Marshal Service will continue to perform our many day-to-day missions, and we will also assist our federal state, and local, federal state and local partners during this emergency. We will work urgently to keep citizens and law enforcers safe. I thank our concerned citizens for their patience and for their continuing support, and I look forward to any questions you may have. Thank you.
12: Good afternoon. My name is Regina Lombardo, the acting director of ATF. For many special agents, one of the proudest moments is when you raise your right hand to take the oath of office to support and defend the United States Constitution. And we take that oath seriously. However. In the moment, we don't know exactly what we will be faced with, what challenges we will have to overcome in order to uphold that oath that we took. In this moment today, we express our warmest sympathies to the family of George Floyd and acknowledge the pain and suffering for his family. We also have sympathy for those that are suffering across the country. Unfortunately, where our constitutionally protected right to peacefully assemble has sometimes turned to the riots and criminal acts, the resulting violence involves crimes of ATF's core mission. Shootings, responding to shootings, burglaries, arsons, bombings, especially destructive devices such as the Molotov cocktail. At the request of the Attorney General, ATF has provided every available resource. We have deployed a large number of special agents, our special response team here in our nation's capital. We have supported the Washington Metropolitan Police Department, the United States Secret Service, and the United States Park Police to protect the public, property, and the national landmarks that belong to each and every one of you. Our national response teams are here in Washington, D.C. in order to quickly respond to the emerging arson incidents. We are working with the D.C. Fire to assess and investigate the seven incendiary fires in the D.C. area caused by criminals, including the arson at St. John's Church, the AFL-CIO, the National Park Service Building, and the DC Fire District 4 Police Department. The individual we believe responsible for that fire at the Metro Fort District has been arrested and charged. Our certified fire investigators, chemists, fire engineers, and explosive specialists are working around the clock to support the ongoing safety of operations. Across the country, ATF special agents, industry operations investigators from all 25 of our field divisions are responding to shootings, arsons, bombings, and thefts of federal firearms license dealers. We are providing investigative support and assistance to all of our local and state partners. ATF has responded to numerous shooting scenes at the disturbances of cities that is actively working with local law enforcement, and we are entering those shell casings into our national integrated ballistic information network, NIBIN. Our national tracing center is running traces on the recovered firearms, and we are collecting DNA from shell casings and ballistic evidence. Our crime gun intelligence centers are collecting valuable intelligence and sharing all of that information in a joint environment. ATF's JTTF representatives are working with the FBI in multiple cities, as well as our Department of Justice partners, the U.S. Marshal Service, the DEA, and and the Bureau of Prisons, all state and local federal law enforcement working in partnership. Our special agents and certified fire investigators are tracking and assisting more than 847 arsons. Over 76 explosive incidents and providing valuable technical expertise and intelligence support. Two of our national response teams, our NRT, have been activated and responding to Minneapolis and St. Paul, Minnesota. Just the Twin Cities? Just
0: the Twin Cities, right? Where they were trying to blow up Cleveland, not a big deal. Let's see what Barr has to say on questions. Ready? Here we go let's go this is why I delayed the live thing so we can stuff through it
9: House on, on H Street uh, on the northern side of Lafayette Park and uh, it was very serious uh, rioting uh, the treasury annex treasury department annex there was broken into uh, a historical building on, on Lafayette Park which is federal property was burned down There was a fire set at the historical uh, St. John's Church right there uh, across from the White House. Uh, And uh, an old church that goes back to the uh, 18th century and is referred to as the Church of Presidents. Uh, The uh, rioters used crowbars to dig out the pavers uh, at Lafayette Park and use them as projectiles thrown at Secret Service and other uh, federal agents. There were numerous head injuries among uh, the federal personnel whose responsibility uh, is to protect the White House. Just to give you an indication, but from Saturday until today, and virtually, uh, well, the the lion's share of these injuries came over the weekend, there were 114 Injuries to law enforcement, most of those to federal uh, agents, and most of those inflicted right around the White House. There were 22 hospitalizations, and most of those were serious head injuries or concussions that required uh, monitoring and treatment. Uh, on Monday, uh, the president asked me to coordinate Uh, the various federal law enforcement agencies, not only the multiple Department of Justice agencies, but also other agencies such as uh, those in in the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, So we had a coordinated response and worked with the National Guard uh, and uh, also uh, with uh, the D.C. police. That morning, uh, we decided uh, that we needed more of a buffer, Uh, to protect the White House and and to protect our agents uh, and Secret Service personnel who uh, could be reached by projectiles from H Street. Uh, I made the decision that we would uh, try to move our perimeter uh, northward by a block to provide this additional protection. And later at 2 o'clock on Monday, I met with all the various law enforcement agencies, and we set our tactical plan. Uh, and that plan uh, involved moving uh, our, our perimeter a block north uh, to I Street. It was our hope to be able to do that uh, relatively quickly uh, before uh, many demonstrators appeared that day. Unfortunately, because uh, of the uh, difficulty in getting appropriate forces and uh, uh, units uh, into place, uh, by the time they were able to uh, uh, move our perimeter up to I Street, there had been a number, a large number of uh, protesters had assembled on H Street. There were projectiles being uh, thrown, and uh, the... Group uh, was becoming increasingly unruly, uh, and uh, the uh, operation. To, they were asked three times if they would move back one block. Uh, they refused, and uh, we we proceeded to to uh, move our perimeter out to uh, I Street. The it is true that the uh, Metropolitan Police.
0: Okay, so he's talking about how they were pushing them back. This is a really weak response, and I'm fine with that. Because when we come out with martial law and all of you are like no 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 this is the only way you have to understand that these riots are just to avoid arrests I'm telling you they don't things are about to go down we've got the ATF and bomb squads activated you see that they're writing F-12 which means it is cartel move too pay attention to the details and don't focus on that President Trump is not the man who's going to sit there and be a dictator he had no reason to run for president he gets nothing from running for president all he is doing is taking slander and abuse for almost well throughout his whole term so stop putting out oh no no it'll be temporary and it'll be where needed now let's see what these questions are saying
9: let's see there are some groups that don't have uh a particular ideology other than anarchy. There are some groups that want to bring about a civil war the Boogaloo group uh, uh, that has been on the margin of this as well uh, trying to exacerbate the violence. Uh, So we are dealing with, as I say, a witch's brew of a lot of uh, different extremist organizations. Uh, Maybe Chris uh, would have something to, to add to that.
10: Sure. I mean, uh, let me say first, as I've said uh, for quite some time, and including even my first few months uh, in the job, we, the FBI, have quite a number of ongoing investigations of violent anarchist extremists, uh, including those motivated by an Antifa or Antifa-like ideology. And we categorize and treat those as domestic terrorism investigations and are actively pursuing them through our joint terrorism task forces. In the course of the current unrest, uh, while the majority of the protesters are peaceful, uh, there are certainly instigators, agitators, and opportunists seeking to exploit these demonstrations to commit violence or rioting. And exactly who these people are, who's driving them, what's driving them, what tactics they use varies uh, widely sometimes from city to city, sometimes even from night to night. Uh, And we're working with all of our law enforcement partners to
0: how are they working with their law enforcement partners when law enforcement is actually partaking in this, right? They're literally partaking in this. Uh, you know, finally, uh, my cries had been heard by someone uh, when I said, hey, th- this Fargo police uh, chief is a problem. I said that two years ago, said it again a year ago. And then on the 30th, I was I had to send anonymous stuff out. And then I had people in Fargo taping the guy. So, this is how we get down to it. We need to infiltrate their movements. Because we're sending it, it's falling on deaf ears. Is the FBI even looking at this stuff? Nobody knows. But all we're doing is sending, sending, sending in order to get it done. How are we going to be working with law enforcement when your law enforcement is working with them? Or specifically with this clown?
7: I I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world. But I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020, or even sooner. I consider
0: do these oppressed people of the United States realize they're fighting the wars for the globalists. Obviously not, (laughs) they're just not that smart. That's why they're being used like this. The forgotten men and women of our country
7: will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
1: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the
10: bottom of our heart.
8: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: All right. Today is Thursday and we see that we have some developments, things, little surprises because our president loves Thursday. And so we'll talk about that. I just want to, uh, for those of you that are uh, driving over the road, for those of you that are having lunch and can't access uh, Twitter, YouTube at work and are listening to me or just simply driving and you can't, I want to um, play a clip uh, from... Project Veritas and what they exposed on Antifa, it's worse uh, than anything. Take a listen. This is like three minutes. Listen to this.
4: I've been undercover with Real City Antifa since July of 2000. Depending on the setting, if I were to be caught or found out in a setting where I am present with them, it could escalate to violence against me.
7: Don't be that f***ing guy with the goddamn spiked brass knuckles getting photos taken of you. Police are going to be like, perfect, we can prosecute these f***ers, look how violent they are. Not that we're not, but we need to f***ing hide.
4: So currently I am a prospect for Rose City Antifa, and I am about halfway through the prospecting process to become a full-fledged member of Antifa.
9: If you ruin their day, if you, like, heckle them, you make them feel like they look ridiculous, you make them feel outnumbered, and therefore their whole yay, yay,
13: America, Trump thing is going to go by the wayside.
4: Uh, They reached out to me through ProtonMail, and we went back and forth, and there was an an interview set to meet up in Portland, so to verify that I was me, they had me wear a white shirt and have a water bottle and show up at a Starbucks where a person was going to ID me and approach me and asked who I was and I told them and I f- followed them to the destination where the interview was going to be held. There, uh, we went to a place called Imperial they were getting this trade craft from someone else, someone with much more experience, someone who did this for a living. Caroline, which is the founder of RCA, moved to Sweden with her husband, who is a dual citizen. So there, there's a back and forth with the European connection. Rose City Antifa holds required lectures for prospecting members in secret at, in other words, bookstore before they open and as part of their security culture they require us to put our phones in the bathroom in next door uh, this bathroom is not only away from the main room where the lecture is taking place but also has a fan that muffles any sound from the room the whole goal of this right is to get out there and do dangerous things as safely as possible how violent is antifa or rca particular
7: Practice things like an eye gouge. It takes very little uh, pressure to injure someone's eyes.
4: They do not hesitate to either push back or incite some kind of violence. In our classes and in our meetings, before we do uh, any sort of demonstration or black block, we talk about weapons detail and what we carry and what we should have. What is black block? Well, this is black block right now. The term is used to uh, a tactic in which individuals conceal their identity. To look uniform, so, so that no one can be identified in an act of a crime. With RCA, it seems much more structured, almost like a company or like a business. So you know, I feel like there is some type of outside funding influence or resources being used.
7: Consider like destroying your enemy, not like delivering a really awesome right hand, right eye, left eye blow. You know. It's not boxing. It's
3: not kickboxing. It's like destroying your end.
0: So I just thought we'd just sit there and just take that in for a second. Because this is the stuff that they're teaching children on their websites. This is the stuff that they're teaching your kids to do. How to fight. Where are the weak spots on a human body? How to do it. They want to deliver death and damage. And one thing that people don't seem to understand is, we've said this before, human trafficking and drugs are the main currency of terrorist organizations. We know that, right? We know that. That is well documented for any terrorist organization. Well, again, Antifa, being a domestic terrorist group, Black Lives Matter, domestic terrorist group, Sunrise Movement, domestic terrorist group, they work with Human and child trafficking. This is why they have little pizza symbols. Have you seen the protesters, the key ones? They're wearing pizza t-shirts. I just tweeted out how the board of, one of the board of directors of Antifa that sits in North Dakota that corresponds and speaks with a lot of political officials within the state of North Dakota had a big pizza banner. Yes, he did. Pizzagate and domestic terrorism or just terrorists in general go hand in hand. Now, for those of you that are reluctant to understand why martial law will happen or how you don't like the idea of it, think about we're at war. Our police aren't going to do it. Half of them are bought and paid and this is a global war. Are you kidding? Have you seen what happened in France? Have you seen what happened in England? What happened in Greece? Oh my gosh. In Greece. Remember, I told you how my, my friend that I've known since before I had teeth, before I could speak every summer, we'd hang out and swim, called me out saying, you have a lot of black friends out. Let Trump fall. I watched the Greek television news yesterday. My hair was on end. I was like, what the heck is going on? This is insane. But George Soros is everywhere. Antifa is everywhere. The Greeks are the scariest one of all, aren't they? They are, guys. And, you know, uh, one might say, oh, they're pansies. Let me tell you something. World War II ended because the Greeks with sticks and stones held back the Nazis at the border so they don't have access to the Middle East. Let's just say it the way it is. And that is a fact. Greeks will sit there and they'll take it and take it and take it until there's no return. Their kids don't even know what Independence Day is anymore. Their schools have been have indoctrinated them to be pansies. Lots of soy to think (laughs) a nation that created warriors, a nation that created all these things are now filled with pansies with pockets lined from sorrows. But that's okay. I have faith because Pompeo had put our new base. Well, the president of the United States uh, has mobilized a lot of uh, troops in uh, eastern Greece. So I'm all right with that for now. Now, what we need to understand is that this is war. We had the worst non-president, non-American, Petri dish boy, lying, subversive, disgusting, anti-American man that actually had held the title of president of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, come out. Somebody needed to remind him he is not president. Nobody wants to listen to you. What we have here is based on what you have done. Now we're seeing from the undercover Antifa, uh, you know, report that project Veritas put out. We have Europeans. She's on a green card. She's been funding green cards. She's on a green card. Do you know that you're not allowed to riot or protest as, as an immigrant, right? Illegal immigrant. You're not. You're afforded to work here and and have a social, but you're not an American citizen. So you're not afforded really the same rights. And if you're advocating to overthrow the government, then you need to go. Illegal immigrants, refugees, you find them, you boot them. And I guarantee you that'll take care of 25% of the problem in Minneapolis. Boot the refugees. Boot them. Because most of them were the ones looting. And like Ray said, it's opportunists. It's criminals. It's all these organizations. They want to find out who's paying, who's doing. Huh. And how are you working with law enforcement, local law enforcement, when they're sitting on it? They know in the state of North Dakota, which is tiny, there's 700,000 people. In the whole state, they've got a board member of Antifa who proudly says it. And they've done nothing. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Seriously? Remember, human and child trafficking go hand in hand with domestic terror groups. And what North Dakota is at the top of that list when it comes to human and child trafficking, because they abuse the crap out of the tribes there. I feel so bad for them. So bad. Now. Speaking of let's shift gears, well, let's talk about General Mattis, where I got a lot of heat from him, you know, from a lot of people. Because I tried to explain, you know, he was in the Bilderberg meetings, he was sitting on a board with Soros uh, and Kissinger, you know, this blood bank, blood investigating Theranos company, where the chick committed complete fraud and only had to pay a fine of half a million. But yet we have people... People like Martin Shkreli sitting in jail for less. Why? Because he advocated uh, so that he can check Hillary Clinton's DNA. That's why. Because he brought to light how they were hiding HIV medications by hijacking the price And look at the right wingers that hated him. You know, those code pink ones, the ones that ran away from D.C. because they know they are coming under fire. Those are the ones you have to look at. Now, the president fired back at General Mattis. But I've told you about General. See, when you get to General Admiral status, a lot of politics play. There's a lot of politics that play. All get rich with these contracting companies, don't they? General Jones, General Hayden, General McChrystal, and General Mattis. And he had stuff to say, but I already said my piece two years ago.
13: War of words, meanwhile, in Washington is heating up this morning. President Trump firing back at his former defense secretary after General James Mattis accused the president of, quote-unquote, mocking our Constitution in a scathing new op-ed. Meanwhile, there are new reports the current defense secretary, Mark Esper, might be on thin ice with the Commander-in-Chief. Our correspondent, Kristen Fisher, is live from the White House with the latest. Good morning, Kristen.
6: And over the last 48 hours, at least three former military leaders have made the exceedingly rare move of criticizing the actions of the current Commander-in-Chief. First, it was the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mike Mullen, who said that he was sickened by what went down in Lafayette Square on Monday night. And then last night, the former Defense Secretary, James Mattis, he put out what can only be described as a a scathing statement accusing President Trump of making a mockery of the Constitution and of actively trying to divide Americans. The statement reads in part, quote, I've watched this week's unfolding events, angry and appalled. When I joined the military some 50 years ago, I swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution. Never did I dream that troops taking that same oath would be ordered under any circumstance to violate the constitutional rights of their fellow citizens, much less to provide a bizarre photo op for the elected commander in chief. Well, it was only a matter of time before President Trump responded, and he did by saying this. He said that James Mattis's primary strength was not military, but rather personal public relations. I gave him a new life, things to do, and battles to win, but he seldom brought home the bacon. I didn't like his leadership style or much else about him, and many others agree. Glad he is gone. And it's not just former military leaders speaking out. Yesterday, the current defense secretary, Mark Esper, broke with the president and said he would not support invoking the Insurrection Act, which would permit the president to deploy active duty troops on U.S. soil to quell the protests. That has put Secretary Esper standing in the Trump administration very much in question. But later in the state, the secretary did make a reversal after a meeting right here at the White House, and he will no longer be sending home all of those active duty troops that have been staging right here in the D.C. area. Ed- all right. right,
13: we'll watch it. Kristen Fisher, thank you. Sandra.
0: So what do you guys have to say? The fact that Mattis just sat there and trashed the president. That's disgusting. Listen. <laughs>
10: The option to use active duty forces in a law enforcement role should only be used as a matter of last resort and only in the most urgent and dire of situations. We are not in one of those situations now. I do not support invoking the Insurrection Act.
7: If a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them.
14: Well, the Defense Secretary, Mark Esper, breaking ranks uh, today, saying what he said to reporters this afternoon, then late in the afternoon, uh, returning, reversing a decision to send some 200 active duty military that are around the Washington, D.C. area back to their home base. Uh, what now? Uh, there are reports that the White House, uh, the administration, the president, upset with Asper. What's going to happen? Let's bring in our panel Moa Alethe, Executive Director of the Georgetown Institute of Politics, Mara Eliason, National Political Correspondent at National Public Radio, and former White House Press Secretary Ari Fleischer. Uh, Mara, it was interesting to watch this, a press conference, kind of a, a walk back of sorts, and then a change.
0: Yeah, I was stunned,
3: actually. I wouldn't have expected the defense secretary to break with the president like this. I don't really understand what the later move to to uh, bring back those troops means. But he read from a statement this was not off the cuff. He is breaking with the
0: president on the Insurrection Act. He also has clearly had second thoughts about accompanying the president on that walk through Lafayette Park. He did refer to it as a photo op. Um, It's hard to imagine how he can stay on in the cabinet after this. But we'll see. I mean, the White House was very careful today. Uh, Kayleigh McEnany did not say the president had faith in him, just we have to wait to see what happens.
14: Ari, you've been through administrations where there are turnover of different officials, but now you have a former defense secretary, the first defense secretary for President Trump, with this scathing commentary in the Atlantic, uh, Jim Mattis saying Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people, does not even pretend to try. Instead, he tries to divide us. He goes on in a pretty lengthy article. Ari, what do you what do you make of this a deliberate effort, he says, of drawing the country apart? Scathing is right. I mean, that piece was, was very tough on the president, and it got right to the greatest fault line in our society, uh, how divisive the president can be, how divisive the times we.
0: And these are the people that we have on there. Ari Fletcher just talking. We know how divisive he is, man. You're, you guys are all going to go to jail. You're all going to jail. I don't care what you say. It's over. You can't stop what's coming. You could try anything, but we're 20 steps ahead of you. 20 million steps ahead of you. We've infiltrated you. You watch us. We watch you. And you know, yesterday, obviously while all this is going on, because we're not supposed to see all this, uh, we had some crazy revelations about the, the russia probe i mean someone's obviously not telling the truth
3: do you think he was truthful to you uh,
5: well i believed senator that mr mccabe was not fully candid with me He certainly wasn't forthcoming in particular senator the with regard to uh, mr comey's memoranda Uh, of his interviews with the president and with regard to the FBI's suspicions about the president. Uh, That was uh, former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein couldn't get out there quick enough, calling out the former FBI Director Andy McCabe over the Russia probe. McCabe quickly firing back saying, quote, Rosenstein's claims to have been misled by me or anyone else from the FBI are completely false. Here to react, ranking member of the House Oversight Committee, House Judiciary Committees, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, I I would put that you know this, this case as well as anyone. What's the most intriguing thing to come out of this? And are you surprised McCabe and Rosenstein disagree? No,
1: I mean, look, somebody's not telling the truth because at former FBI counsel Jim Baker told us when we deposed him last Congress in the Judiciary Committee that Rod Rosenstein was serious about wearing a wire, was serious about invoking and using the 25th Amendment to try to remove President Trump from office. So somebody's not being square. And I guess maybe when, you, uh, when you're engaged in this kind of wrongdoing, which happened at the upper levels of the FBI... Um, maybe it's tough to keep your story straight. Uh, maybe that's the, the, the key takeaway here. So somebody is not telling the truth. I think Senator Graham will get to the bottom of it when he starts bringing all these people in to, uh, to, to the hearings that he's having.
5: Rosenstein responded to McCabe's comments again to this, says I did not say that Mr. McCabe misled me. What I did say is he did not reveal the Comey memos to me for a week, and that is true. And he did not reveal to me yeah. that he was having internal deliberations with his team on whether to target high profile people with his investigation source. Does that make you feel better? Well, I mean, I really think the big
1: takeaway yesterday is remember who said uh, when Lindsey Grant, Senator Graham asking about, was there any there there? And he said, no, there wasn't. Remember who's saying this? This is Rod Rosenstein.
0: Yeah, there was no there there, but we continued the investigation. I resigned all this stuff because, you know we hate the orange man. Orange man bad. So this is, this is where we're at. We had crazy revelations. Here's a clip from Hannity. It's an application. Take a look.
5: You asked me about reading the, the FISA. Um, there, there are a lot of FISA applications that come through. Some are more significant than others. This one was unusual in that I already knew about it because of the Russia investigation. Most of the FISA applications that are presented to me, I'm the last eyes on them before they're filed to the court, and I know nothing about them. This one I actually knew a fair amount about, and they gave it to me in advance so I could review it. I'm not sure I read every page, but I was familiar with what was in it. Okay. Now, just- despite all this, Rosenstein, still,
1: remember, we already had debunked Starting January 21st, the subsource Christopher Steele, when they finally got around to trying to verify Hillary's misinformation, Russian paid for, uh, they found, yeah, the subsource didn't back up Steele. Steele didn't back up Steele. By the way, for those people that say, where's Lindsay? He's talking, but he's not getting it done. <laughs> you got it done today, and it's only the beginning.
3: Yes, yeah, it's first got it done today, are you kidding? First step in a a journey that will end probably in October to try to explain to the American people how the hell did this happen? How was it possible that the FBI and the Department of Justice defrauded the FISA court numerous times and nobody knew about it? Well, what did Rod Rosenstein say? If I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have signed the warrant. You know why he said that? Because if you knew that the subsource had uh, told the FBI that the dossier was a bunch of garbage, and you signed the warrant anyway, you're a candidate to go to jail. But the most stunning thing to me was that the scope memo outlining what Mueller could do was prepared by the same people that defrauded the court. The ultimate, the fox guarding the hen house, the same people who lied to the court set up the Mueller investigation. It wasn't Rosenstein. It was the people who lied to the. court. Wait a minute. Are we giving Rod a card? Get out
0: of jail free card. He wore a wire. He wore a wire. He volunteered that. Mattis was in the room, too. Dana Bonte was there, too. Pence was
3: there, too. Board and manipulated the evidence, set up the whole damn Mueller investigation. Is this a coup, Senator? It sounds to me like a coup attempt. Well, 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 stay, stay tuned. The bottom line is. We know that General Flynn was not working with the Russians. On January the 4th, 2017, they wanted to take him out of Crossfire Hurricane, the FBI agents in the Washington Bureau. So in August, why is his name still there? We know that Carter Page was no more a Russian agent than I am a Chinese astronaut. We know that the dossier used against Carter Page was a bunch of garbage. What about all the other? What about all
0: the other FISA warrants? Yeah, because there's more than four. There is more than four. They serve no one, no one, no one. But those evil ones in power and these unfortunate people that cannot see that that are being used as tools and pawns of these evil people will one day realize they're on the wrong side of history. In other news, a
13: big Fox News alert just crossing the wires. Michael White, a U.S. Navy veteran detained in Iran for nearly two years, has been released and is on his way home to America. He's coming aboard a Swiss government aircraft that, according to U.S. officials, the U.S. special envoy for Iran, Brian Hook, flew to Zurich with a doctor to meet the freed detainee. Again, his name is Michael White, uh, and Brian Hook will accompany white back to america according to these officials uh sandra it could be a major development the president has gotten has made this an important priority we've seen others freed uh, from iran from north korea uh, and michael white was facing a 10-year sentence for allegedly insulting
0: iran's supreme leader. So we have a lot of people that are actually imprisoned in Iran, uh, you know, a lot of people. And the president, even though he's constantly under attack, he's constantly working hard for the American people, constantly trying to get things done, constantly trying to get everyone home. There are other American citizens that are being detained in Iran, right? There's Hugh Wang, a graduate student from Princeton. Siamak Namazi and his father, Bakir Namazi, foreign UN diplomats. Remember those? Robert Levinson, a former FBI agent. Well, he disappeared in 2007. Nobody knows where he's at. Our president is working tirelessly. While everyone is slandering him and attacking him, the one thing I could tell you is pray, and you better buckle up, because it's about to get real ugly real fast. Well, in about an hour or so, you can also catch me on Jeffrey Doherty's show. I will be there. I mean, why not? I think all of us commentators, show hosts, and journalists should be getting together and having conversations it's through conversations that solutions are found. God bless from all of us here at Red State Talk Radio.